Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is getting the right things done. And our guest for today's show is Georgette Kaiser, who is the Chief Information Officer with the Carlyle Group. Hey, Georgette, how are you? Hi, how are you doing, Joe? Very good, very good. Could not be happier having someone like you talking to us because <laughs> the topic is getting the right things done and I'm pretty sure you are always looking to make that happen in your organization and so do many other leaders. Now the interesting part is given where we are in the day and age, you talk about digital, you talk about innovation, you talk about competitive forces, frankly there could be so many distractions and we have to bring our you know, uh, focus back into doing things which are of most importance to the company and they are essentially the right things to do. But it's not as easy as I make it sound because you're the one living it. So there are people who have issues and that's why we wanted to tackle this topic. So Georgette, um, let's, let's kind of put on the table the top challenges that you feel and have seen that prevent leaders from getting the right things done in a company. So I think um, there are a few things that are major issues for getting things done. The one thing is people don't like to say no um, because they feel like they offend someone when doing that, where there's a way to say no in a very tactful way. Um, with respect to how you deal with your, the C-suite, your colleagues, um, your, your peers, and everyone else. So I, I think that's a big issue. And I also think that when it comes to um, when people think about cutting costs, um, they, 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 don't, they, they, they think about you know, optimizing things and, you know, um, and dealing with it that way instead of going transformational and really thinking about the future and driving, uh, you know, how to get things done, you know, with transforming instead of just kind of cutting costs along the way. I have a great example for you about that one later. And, um, you know, the other thing is, is that people don't set out the strategy and vision appropriately because you have to kind of set the strategy and vision of where you're going so that you can begin to kind of align your resources um, and your time to that strategy and vision. And also realize with respect to, change and change management, that may change along the way, but you have to continue to keep up with that and then realign along the way. So those are kind of three things I kind of think about, like, you know, that over years of kind of doing this type of work of, like, how do I drive to kind of get things done to meet the needs of my business users along the way? Now, when you say the word getting the things done, and there will always be things which would be suggested by other stakeholders in the company, suggestions would come from customers, and of course, you'll have your own ideas. And here, the qualifying word is the right things done. Right. And that right has to be not just pure rationalization. It is also, I'm not sure if you can call it philosophical, but it's the thing which would make not just the most sense, but it is in the best interest of the people involved because it should not right. always be profit motivation. It should not always be you know, something which is more self-centered, thinking-driven. No, it's, it's value-add for the entire firm. And like you said, it, 
It could be cost. It could be risk. You know, it could be multiple things, but it's a value add to the firm. Um, and, and, and like I said, the, the one I said uh, prior around strategy, um, that's really important. Um, a lot of people, you know, they skip over that piece and just try to drive and start doing things. But I always say there are low-hanging fruits and there are your high-level items, but all of that can fit into your strategy. So, you know, once you develop that vision, align the resources, figure out that implementation plan along the way, that will be much more agile to kind of really getting things done that add value along the way. And you may hit all your low-hanging fruit initially, and that's great, but you've got to set that vision out there on what's going to happen. Now, before we say getting the right things done, we have to define what are the right things and as they morph, as our situations change or um, the approach or even for that matter, the vision change. Vision should not always drive the right thing because they could be parallel things for that matter. A vision for a company could turn into someone who says, I want to be purely self-centered or profit-motivated, and if we only take that as our benchmark, then we are swaying away, and perhaps in the short or a long term, we might take the company down. But if you do the right, right things... You, yeah, go ahead. But, but, the, but, but the question for the right things is, how did you take that vision and then break it down into an implementation plan to do the right things along the way to meet the overall goal? You are right about that. Now, question for you is, if I were to take an implementation or an execution approach to this topic, then there could be subjectivity in three different ways or three different ways to get or a roadmap to get to the same destination. And in that process, frankly, a leader is not only supposed to deliver results. They are also supposed to develop other leaders in the process and also make sure it creates a foundation which will make the company sustainable, growth-oriented, and profitable. So which path will take us through the optimal route of achieving all of the above that I just mentioned is becoming key. But a good leader will cover all of those, those paths with respect to their strategy and implementation to get there. So that whole people process, you know, technology has to be encompassed in the, in the whole thing to do the right thing. And that's from understanding and listening to your user base, um, no matter what industry, you know, you're supporting with respect to, you know, you know, technology and process, but really getting in there, understanding, you know, what their true needs are to help to kind of drive, you know, the firm forward. Is it that cut and dry where you are going into an organization, they want to you know, get to some place, some decisions are to be made, some new avenues or what I call as a blue ocean needs to be chartered? Do we have a crystal ball or do we have a very clear understanding? And when we don't, and the reality is we don't always have that, Subjectivity creeps in, individual biases and agendas creep in, and that's what we have to um, fight through or navigate through, and to some extent, everyone has an agenda. And if that agenda is not met by, for all people involved, which I'm not sure if it's even possible, then there is going to be passive resistance, there would be rejection, there would be bad-mouthing, there would be so many other things, and these are the type of pressures leaders will constantly deal and juggle with. What type of muscle does a leader need to develop so that from the get-go, from the very beginning when they are supposed to take 
anything which is either a very clearly outlined project or an initiative or a blue ocean completely new avenue to explore what would be that muscle which will make a leader do the right things from the get go and don't lose sight of what the right things are from to the to till the very end right and so and 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 that's a very good inter- uh, that's a, a very good point so if you think about um leaders who have um strong eq um who have who are incredible at like understanding how to collaborate and communicate appropriately and um a strong um um integrity um you know that honesty and and can build trust across the organization um those are the types of items that a leader needs to kind of, you know, take people through a journey that, and the journey constantly changes. I say that all the time. But if you continue to kind of be at the table, you know, with your, with your other leaders and your other peers, and you're communicating along the way, then you can drive to do the right thing. Um, a lot of people are always asking me, like, you know, well, what do you do in a situation where, you know, your business wants something X, which you, you kind of fundamentally know it's not the right thing to do, um, you know, do you just do it for them? And I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you have to continue to influence them, to kind of persuade them, to show them the facts, show them the analytics, to under- get them to understand why, you know, X is probably the wrong thing and why is, why is Y the right thing. And if we do it this way in the long term, what would it look like? And it does. You're right. It takes a certain skill set to do that, and you just cannot give in all the time. You notice that organizations that kind of give in all the time um, typically have lots of issues going forward because the infrastructure, everything they put in place, tends to have problems later on down the road, or they're just not meeting the needs of their user base. Um, So it takes a true partnership um, with your business and your ability to kind of drive and influence to kind of change, go through a whole change management with them to kind of keep them, you know, involved in the process, know what they're getting, drive with the analytics and data, you know, and facts, um, go, uh, and moving forward. And so, I mean, there's a lot that I just kind of put into that answer right there, um, but that partnership is incredibly important um, in building that trust amongst those peers. Now, you, you, you already mentioned that you have to uh, fight with the business and not necessarily fight, but make a case yeah, for a, yeah, not getting not, swayed. Not a good word. Exactly. So I agree with you. And, and, and maybe we are not fighting. We are persuading them. We are showing them examples to sway them away from what may not be in the best interest because that's how we feel and that's how we see it. Now, we also say that it is better to lose a battle to win a war. And do you think we just flat out dig our heels and say we will not do what's not in the best interest of the company, period, or do we go and make those compromises knowing that that's not the right thing to do at this juncture, but this will help you lead to a bigger concession in a bigger initiative? Would you think this so becomes always, more of a negotiation or is it still staying, doing always the right thing? So you only do that if you know that taking that different path, it may take you a little bit off the path, but ultimately it, it will get you back on. If you think it's going to take you too far off the path or it's going to be a huge expense, you know, and it will not get you to the end point, then I believe in kind of still holding still and trying not to do it and working with the business to explain to them why. 
Um, you know, but if you have that type of trusting relationship, that business partnership, you can influence that way, you know, to drive uh, um, your, your business side as a, as a partnership to understand why you need to take, you know, certain, uh, another path and you will get there ultimately, um, you know, but you really don't want to drive like high risk in that other path or high cost in that other path, you know, or that you will, you know, upset the apple cart of your resources, you know, too much. If it's not the right thing, you should not do it. And you should continue to drive not to do it. And it's very hard um, for leaders, um, you know, to take that stance. But it's really important in your career, um, you know, to take that stance. Now, one is, of course, if you are virtuous and you are always standing beside the right thing, you should have nothing to fear. But on the other hand, at least when we look up, which is our executive management, they are mostly type A, which also means they could have a chip on their shoulder. And you are persuading them, but they equally could have, I mean, they would not be obstinate, but they would have strong feelings about something. It is difficult to turn around those people. So do we butt heads? Do we keep oh, showing yeah. what we are doing? Yeah. What, what's your What's your way out? There's a, there's a lot of butting heads, but but um, you know, and, but that's part of if you have a. I mean, and, and I I agree with you. There are organizations that don't have a collaborative kind of senior executive management team. Um, but if you have a good if you have good leadership at the top that really likes the engaging kind of challenging conversations at the table, then yes, there will be butting heads. Um, you know, but you will get to a point where the right decision actually comes to the top. Um, I, I probably have been very lucky to work in very good organizations where those challenging conversations have been okay. Um, but I do know of people that, you know, it is very hard for them in those, convers- in, in those type of uh, organizations, um, but you continue have, you have to use, you know, all of your, your data, your analytics, and, and the facts and things that you have to drive the business, you know, to understand, you know, the path you're taking. And the other thing that I've learned, like, with doing the right thing is that, especially with uh, on the technology side, you, you have to have um, people in technology who really understand the business. And your business partners respect you a lot more when you understand exactly, like, what they do and can come to the table and have that type of conversation. When you can't do that, then they have lack of trust, lack of trust of like what you're going to do, going to um, you know do for them in the first place. So you you kind of lost it right there. So you got to really kind of you know the CI role is a, it's a very hard role nowadays um, because you have to understand the business, you have to understand technology, you have to understand marketing, you have to understand you know everything you know across the board. So but if you if you if you have that type of skill set, then you can help drive to get the right things done across the organization. So. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, Georgette, when we come back, let's look people below us. So we had a different tactic or an approach to handle people who maybe type in your business management. But to get the right things done, we also have to tackle the personalities, the hidden agendas, the passive resistance, and the different flavors that you find when you're looking at people who may be the business user community or even your IT staff because you are trying to sway them in a given direction and they may look like they're listening to you because in some cases you influence them or they may perhaps report to you, but they may not want to follow you. What do you do in that regard? Because you've got two different constituents you have to handle and when you only have when both of these constituents in control or listening to the way you want them to do things, 
that's when the magic will happen and that's when you'll get the right things done. But how do we go about yeah. it? Let's explore that. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Georgette, while we spoke about the, the people above us, which is executive management, and get them to agree to what you're suggesting, which is in the best interest of the company, the people who we either have as reportees or people who we influence, which is the business users or technology people, are equally important in us being able to do get the get the right things done. What about them? So, so that's a that's a, a good group of people to work. So I always say that you have the multi-dimensional CIO. You have to work up. You have to work down. You have to work across. Um, and the way you work, though, is very it's very similar. I mean, you're you have to be the authentic you. Um, first of all, and when you're working um, with your team, you have to know, like, how they all work together. So I use a lot of um, various tests to kind of understand my leadership team when I initially come into something. So one thing is called a Hogan assessment. I'm not sure if you've heard of them before. But Hogan assessments, you know, allow people to kind of do these self-assessments. They ask you, like, 300 questions in different ways. And you kind of understand, like, how they work, how they work with others, and it allows you to understand how you will work with them. Um, because a lot of times, you know, I can, I can, I, I'm a leader. I can come in and I can be very stern sometimes and kind of force my own agenda. Um, but that's not the way to get things done. Like once I, once I kind of learn how people work, then I figure out, okay, how do we work together to kind of drive our strategy as a team and, and work together to agree on as a team and then hold each other accountable that we're going to drive the implementation plan to kind of get this done. Um, but it's all in kind of engaging your group on how they work um, and not just kind of forcing them into, like, how you do things. Um, that's, not a good, that's not a good skill set for a CIO. 
um, you have to be very engaging. But you've got to be engaging at the top levels and at your peer level also. Now, even though you have the engagement at the top and peer level and you're dealing with people who are below us, let's, let's look at the current environment. You want people to, of course, come to work and be good at what they do and, and focus. But we are, by design, trying to fail small, fail fast, fail quick. Yeah. And um, we want to change on a dime, strategy of the week or a month, to stay relevant. Frankly, most people did not sign up for that. And it may be the right thing to do. Or it may not be because it becomes a subjective discussion. How quickly do we change things? Then who comes as a mediator or as the ultimate uh, voice so that everyone agrees to it and not just agree because they want to keep their jobs, but actually agree so that they internalize and make that as their mission as well? Well, since I think, um, let's, I think if we go back to a few of your sentences, one thing you have to realize is that when people sign up for your organization, when you're doing your interviewing, that you should be very clear to people and what they're stepping into. You know, if you run a full agile development um, shop and, and you guys fail fast and move forward and, and, and you hire somebody that doesn't have that skill set, then that's, that's my fault, you know, as a leader of my organization, how like, culturally we should be doing things. Or that's my leadership team's fault. Like, we shouldn't have hired that person in the first place. And, yes, we do make mistakes on our hires, um, you know, but we've got to work to kind of make sure that we hire people who they understand the expectations coming into the organization so that you don't have those issues ongoing. You know, they're very clear about their roles, very clear about how we function, um, and, you know, and they, bring, um, they, make, they bring diversity to the organization, but they also know how we work. Now, so that's, I that's wish I, we could clean the house and start afresh, and then I would have the benchmark or what type of people I want to hire. And I'm sure you would agree that a lot of us inherit a lot of people who started a number of years ago, and they are not digital natives in some cases, and they are not ready for that fail fast, fail quick, because that's not how they developed, how they were groomed. So So, so we are going to inherit those people. Right, so if you inherit those people, when you set your initial vision, so when I came into Carlisle, you know, there was a lot of, you know, uh, of talk, because even in, just in the private equity space in general, um, the private equity or, um, organizations had not been leveraging technology the way that traditional investment alternative, um, traditional investment management firms had been. Um, you know, so I came from a traditional where we were heavily engaged, failing fast, you know, doing a lot of development, leveraging technology to really drive that investment management firm forward. Coming into Carlisle, it was different. So, you know, the first thing I did as a leader was, you know, really I understood the top, as we talked about before, but then I started to kind of understand, I did skip-level meetings um, with my team underneath to kind of understand, you know, what did they want? What were things that, that were happening across the organization? But I also know that I firmly believe in agile development. I firmly believe in open communication. I firmly believe in failing fast, not holding people accountable, but them learning from their experiences unless they continue to repeat the same issues. So I kind of set out, like, culturally how I wanted this organization to work as business partners with the business and to understand that we will fail fast, but we will continue to keep going. If you make mistakes, 
the first time, you know what? It's a mistake. If you continue to do it, you will, held, you will be held accountable. And the fact that I would take you through training um, and offer the appropriate training to kind of help you develop along the way. If you can't meet those goals, then we have to talk about something different, either something else in the organization or someplace outside of the organization. But you've got to have those clear conversations and kind of set the expectations across the organization. Um, and that way, it opens up where people will want to do the right thing. People want to work here. People want to try to, you know, uh, you know, make every project as successful as possible. Um, but, but setting those clear expectations up front is very important. And would you say that even when you do that and given the things change and the person who was the most motivated one when you originally hired and or when you had set expectations, things could happen in their lives. So if you look at them as resource, then we try to maximize whatever we get out of them. But what are we giving to those people in our regular functioning day-to-day and as part of what we call, quote-unquote, employee welfare or taking care of our people so that it is a willing willingness that is uh, instituted in the organization versus someone being held accountable means I'm watching you. You better do what I'm telling you to do else or else. No, no, but you're taking that accountability statement I said to the extreme. Um, because we, we all are held accountable. You know, I'm held accountable to the CEO. I'm held accountable to the board. Um, my employees are held accountable. You know, to me, there's an accountability step along the way for everyone. Um, and like I tell people, it's okay to be, it, I mean, it's okay. You should be uncomfortable. You should never feel like you are totally comfortable in a job because then you're not thinking, you're not using your intellectual curiosity to always try to be better along the way. And, and that's how you have a good kind of fail-fast organization that's getting the right things done is that, you know what, there's a little paranoia up there, you know, that, you know what, I got to keep doing, I got to keep learning, I kind of keep doing the right thing, I got to keep going, you know. And, and, and that's, that's nothing wrong with having a culture, you know, you know, within your organization and setting it that way. And if you were to know that you, you mentioned the word culture, if you had to define culture, which would be conducive, to getting the right things done as things are shifting, right? With minimal disruption, minimal leakage, how would you define such a culture? So you want a, you want a culture that is trusting, collaborative, and communicative. You know, and, and I and those three things, I think if you have those in there, then you can, you know, lead that organization and, and, and they will get the right things done. You know, you have to have that kind of that open door policy, um, you know, going forward. And as I said, I use the word, I use it a lot across my organization. I use it in most of my town halls. Intellectual curiosity, you know, I want people who are always thinking, who are always learning, you know, bringing ideas to the table and challenging, challenge my mindset. So if you are looking at getting the right thing done and Yes, you could call right thing as something which you put on paper, a project or a, a specific initiative that you have to carry forward so that the company benefits. But then there are other ethics. Um, they could be subjective areas of taking care of people above your profits. You know, we can go on and on with a list of things which would 
as humans, we seen as the right things. And maybe those are the things a worker sees. A CEO in their role will see, I need to get profits and that's what the right thing for me is. But for a worker, it's not company's profit, which is paramount. It is the right thing for their family because they're coming to work because at the end of the day, that's a means to an end. Yes, it should be also part of their passion and how they grow their career and everything. But then there is a, there is a balance there. How do you prevent or at least the minimize, you cannot eliminate, there will be conflicts like this about what the right thing one person feels as human and another is right thing a corporation feels as a business entity and you as the custodian ideally for both. How do you minimize conflicts? So, I mean, part of minimizing conflicts is always having open communication across your organization. You know, so you don't let things fester. You know, when issues begin to, begin to um, arise, then you bring people together, you know, immediately to have a conversation around it. You know, it's, it's when you have, um, you know, things that kind of, you know, go on and on and on and no one ever deals with them, then that's when you have your major issues. And you can't get anything done at that point. Um, so, you know, as soon as something may bubble up to me, then I am on it immediately. Um, like I said, I have skip-level meetings where I just bring different people, different levels to lunch, and it may be 10 people, and we sit around and we actually have a conversation like, yeah, what do you think's going well? You know, what do you think's not going well? Um, and during that conversation, um, I get a lot of insight of, like, what's happening across the organization. My leadership team, you know, may be doing something wrong that I don't know because their people under them are too scared to mention anything. But when I begin to have those skip-level meetings like that, I learn a lot about what my leaders are doing. And I can go and have a conversation with them to kind of, you know, get them to understand how they need to do something differently. You know, but the biggest thing is it's communication. And it's, it's really, you know, doing that in a fast, agile way also. And would you say leaders would come across situations where there is a direct conflict between shareholder value and profitability on one end and getting the right things done for the people who made this organization become what it became. Um, oh, yeah. yeah I, yes, I would definitely say that. Um, so it's... Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. And, and, so I, and, and I, think where, I think where you're going is, um, you know, you're, you're trying to... You're... you're the, the question that you're asking just is, is around, you know, the, the employee base um, and finding the balance of their lifestyle with respect to work when things occur and how do we continue to keep them motivated so they do the right thing, correct? Yes, and, and in fact, more than, the, uh, more than the motivation of someone as an individual, it is basically a collective um, what you call the difference you're making. So I, I don't want to name the companies, but there are certain organizations which we admire for what they have done, literally in form of a, what I call as a global dominance in terms of uh, different services they provide and how they take care of the customers and how do they uh, offer things which nobody else has done before. But if you were to go in the organization, it's craziness people get burnt out or they don't want to work, but somehow it is, it is like a sweatshop, not literally, but it is, it, is, it is horrendous 
in terms of a person's experience. Now, was that the right thing to do for someone to become the the person, uh, the, the company which dominates globally, but at the same time offer a very poor or rather uh, exploited type of experience to the people who are making it happen? Who goes right, and bells so the cat? Who goes and, and fixes it? And is the and, and frankly, on the surface or even otherwise, I would say that's not the right thing, but it's happening. So maybe some it, leader is not seeing it as the right thing. It's happening in some organizations, I agree. It's the wrong thing, and it takes leadership at the top to correct that. That's but then the what do they do the on the other hand? You're saying leadership, but on the other hand, they are also gloating over their shareholders' value creation and taking millions of dollars of profit, but frankly trampling over individuals. So if it's a wrong thing, but it's just, it is the wrong thing is sustaining and there is not much that is being done. So if we are talking on this subject today, then who goes and fixes those? And frankly, to some degree, some wrong things happen in most companies. How do we minimize that? Who goes and, and, and takes ownership and fights against those things which are not going right? So, so I have to tell you, I mean, this, this is a very complicated one, Sanjo. Um, because if the top leadership has these issues, um, that's very hard to influence unless you leverage the board to help you with that. And if you don't have the relationships with board members, um, then it's challenging. Um, there are many, I've worked in organizations where I actually have had good relationships with the board also because I have to present to the board. Um, and, you know, if there are challenges, you can you can leverage them at that level to help to drive the organization differently. If it's a, if it's you know at the top of the CEO or whoever that may be having these challenges, but that's a really complicated, tough one. Um, but at the end of the day, as as this topic is, is getting the right things done and doing the right thing. Um, you have to be able to you know keep your integrity and do the right thing. If the organization is so harsh and you can't change it, you can't change it at all, then that is a point where you personally have to make a choice. Do I leave and go do something else somewhere else that fits the culture that maps for me and not in this organization that is not doing the right thing? Those are ethical issues at that point. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And like we discussed about what should change in a leader's mindset to be able to get the right things done and, and make that happen at all levels. Let's talk about the people, the processes and tools that we need to rethink in an organization as we try to come and fix that organization so that the right things get done. Not every organization today has most of the right things getting done. And if suppose a leader comes in or even if someone from outside were to look at fixing that organization, what all in what all dimensions should we rethink and in context of people, processes and tools so that we create the right foundation where we start chipping away at the problem and eventually get to the intended uh, level where most things are done and done right within that organization. So what would it take? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore.
Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So let's talk about the foundation, which is the people, the processes and tools. Yes, we talked about people to a limited degree where we said, okay, if you're hiring, hire them right, set expectations, and uh, they will they will behave and, and they will follow through. Now, while we, we would do that, there would be shifts in the environment and things will change. Similarly, if we are looking at the innovation today or to stay relevant, a lot of things have to change. And even while we are changing them, we cannot take our eyes off the, the, the goal of getting the right things done. So what is right. that fluid foundation yet which provides the, the, the solidity that's required for an organization to prosper? So as we talk about people, process, technology, it takes all of those uh, working together to kind of make this prosper. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting, this, this topic that you're mentioning, because I, I was just reading a book um, recently, and, um, you know, it, it, it great, gave a great example of digital optimization versus digital transformation, and firms really trying to do the right thing to meet the future needs of the business. And one of the good examples that they showed, and, and it kind of hit me hard, they were talking about Blockbuster and Netflix, which both, you know, have the same kind of mission, vision, was, just, you know, supplying movies, you know, to um, it's the target audience of people that, you know, like to watch movies and things like that. But, you know, Blockbuster was the old institution from the 1990s that had, like, you know, over 10,000 stores across the U.S. that were the hard stores. And then Netflix comes along, and what is it doing? It's leveraging everything about digital, and it's transforming the entire business. Um, you know, so it's leveraging the cloud. It's leveraging, you know, mobility. It's leveraging security. Um, where Blockbuster tried to optimize to kind of do these things so that it could meet the needs of the future, but it did it in such a way that 
it was a slow process instead of really looking full in the end of the process and trying to do the right thing to meet what the users wanted in the future. And look what happened to Blockbuster today. It's gone. Um, and Netflix has totally kind of taken over. Um, and so I think that, you know, we talk about getting the right things done, but we have to do it leveraging, you know, all of these kind of new emerging technologies and things that we have, and we have to think of transformation and not just kind of optimizing along the way. You know, we recently look at Toys R Us. Look what just happened to them. Um, you know, and, and not, not, instead of transforming and looking at, like, how Amazon and, and others are doing things, you know, that old brick and mortar, you know, has gone away. So I, I think it's, a, it's an interesting, interesting topic when you begin to kind of bring in, you know, the whole digital, you know, kind of strategy and environment and how we leverage that to kind of get the right things done along the way that's actually meeting the, the needs of, the future needs of, like, what people are looking for. And you know what? It's digital today, and it could be something else tomorrow. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so I would I would say this is nothing else but a sign for us to start rethinking our foundation which has to move from a monolithic one size fit all standardized to something which would be modular, fluid, yet uh what I call as has the strength to stand the test of times and even changes in leadership because what we are talking about is to abstract an organization's ability to survive and thrive and making it independent of leadership. Yes, it could be a pipe dream, if, if that's what you would call it. But would it not be important thing that we do not have this sine curve of peaks and valleys when a leader comes, the, the person fixes it, and then the person goes away because of whatever reason, it comes goes down again. And, and because the turbulent times are there and because there will be shifting times, Shouldn't there be a platform? Shouldn't there be a foundation which would weather both, whether the leadership is changing or some new form of digital or something else comes along? Right. So that's, so that's um, <laughs> we had this conversation during our prior segment around this whole kind of um, intellectual uh, learning um, and continue to kind of change and change management along the way. A lot of times, you know, we do something, we think it's the right thing, and then we, we do it and we drop it. But the way that things are happening in, in, the, in, in firms now is that it's continuous development. You know, nothing kind of goes away. You're, you're leveraging data. You're le- leveraging, you know, machine learning. You're leveraging, you know, you know AI to continue to kind of study all your analytics, to continue to kind of evolve things to meet the future needs of, of the organization. Um, and, and it's taking a, lo- a while for many firms to get there, but there are so many kind of new tools that are coming out that are allowing us to kind of do this type of continuous development along the way, um, which is kind of keeping firms, you know, in, in the forefront of um, having kind of these scalable, you know, um, environments that can continue to get evolved going forward. So, I mean, it's, it's a very good question. I just think that the new tool suites and things that are coming up, you know, open source code allows us to kind of continue to evolve, which we couldn't do years ago. Um, you know, look at some of like the, uh, the kind of big kind of investment banks. Like, look what they've had to kind of go through to, you know, go through the change of kind of doing the right things, you know, for their user base going forward, their retail customer user base going forward. Um, it's taken a while, and many of them are getting there, but they had to kind of separate, 
you know, a group of transformational change people, bring in a new tool suite, kind of work on that differently while they kept the old things going and then decommission the old things over time. So a lot of that kind of new planning and, and, um, and kind of, you know, um, strategy setting and implementing, uh, you know, more agile kind of, you know, development along the way, um, you know, it's getting in place, it's taking time, but you see it, you know, happening across organizations so they can stay on the forefront. Now, if you were to talk about this whole I, I you, getting... I tell, you a, I'll, I'll tell you a good book that, um, that I would recommend to many out there. It's called The Four. Um, and it's about Amazon, Google, Apple, and Facebook. Um, it's written by uh, someone named Scott Galloway. I recently read it. I've given it to my whole organization to read because I want them thinking this way, um, that, that these four, they're, they're power horses, you know, and they are continually learning and doing the right things, you know, to kind of meet the needs of, of all the users out there. Um, but the book kind of lays out a lot of what the CEOs, um, you know, they're, they're visionary, you know, you know, from the top. You know, Bezos is, is always thinking about how do I automate, you know, how do, how do, I, how do I use this to make things better? Um, and, and so it's a good book, you know, for people to, to read. No, that is a good one. Thanks so much. And... Uh... So, so that said, what I'm what I'm going to ask you next is uh, the the type of rationalization and prioritization and the governance techniques we used to have to getting not the right things per se, but get the fewer things done, but get done better. How can we improve that to only focus on the right things? Because that right, because if you look at the traditional way, yes, you've got some. Uh, KPIs, you've got some other measures based on which you will give some weighted factors to the different initiatives you want, whether they are technology-centric, business-centric, or even people-centric. You would, you, would, you would give them the rationalization and prioritization, and then you'd have a governance model. But all of that, is it, is it rule really relevant to the shifting, uh, I'd say, or tr- the transient type of times that we are living in and secondly if we are going to focus on the right things done that also has an ethical and philosophical and um, you know that the fiduciary duties we have and and everything else that makes a good organization stay and and add value do you think we should we should rethink and and reevaluate what we are doing in this whole rationalization prioritization and governance we should always be rethinking and, and redoing. I mean, that's the way that organizations that are successful are, are working now, that it's constant thinking about, you know, should we be doing this differently? Um, and, yes, I, I do believe, like, you, you do things and you've got to stabilize for a while, but as part of that, in that stabilization phase, you're looking at, you know, what's your next phase going to be? You know, how, you know, how are you looking at the, the data, the analytics, you know, that are coming from what you just did to make it better? You know, you know, and, and I always, I'm a firm believer, I always tell people, look, what got you from A to B is not the same thing that will get you from B to C. And you got to leverage the data and analytics to understand what's going to take me to the next phase and what's going to take me there and also be the right thing that's for my user base going forward. So I think, yes, you're always rationalized. You're always looking at it again. Um, you know, this is where governance plays heavily because you're bringing in your business side, you know, at the table with you to help you make those decisions, you know, because it's, Ultimately, it's their decision, it's in, and you're, you're, you're working with them, you know, and getting them to kind of always tell you, all right, where's your business going? Where's, the, where's this product development going, you know? And so as, as you should be at the table with them all the time, understanding, you know, what's happening 
so that you can, you know, work to, you know, figure out, okay, how are we going to, you know, change our strategy going forward or, or how are we going to, you know, do something differently to meet those needs? If you had so, to yeah, give them a... Always thinking it. So, no, that, that's great. And now for you to have the emotional intelligence, the new intelligence, which I refer to as the new type of uh, learning or, or learning how to learn as a leader, the reason being that there are things which are coming up which you never, never taught. And you have like a blank sheet of paper and you have to learn how to draw. And you have to learn something which you never came across. So if we are to see the leaders who will be able to get the right things done, what specific uh, thought patterns, mindset, and skills, skills and competencies that a leader must develop to You're be able to get the right things done? A good leader is a good listener and is open to all ideas. Because, you know, you get, I'm, I'm above 50 now, I'm not afraid to say it, but, you know, I am one that I listen to the younger generation and, and, and to stay ahead of, like, what's happening across technology, you know, I listen to kind of hear their ideas of like, you know, how they would use things and want to and want to do things differently. So a good leader has to be able to listen and take those ideas in and then work across the organization, delegating them to kind of move things forward for them. I mean, you're not the one always driving the idea. You got to listen to people and and help to kind of you know figure out how do we pull that together into the strategy that we're moving forward and then drive the ideas that way. But those listening skills are really important. Um, this younger generation, they have great ideas, you know, and they work differently than a lot of us that are, you know, more seasoned, you know, have worked in the past. Um, and there's just so much that we can learn from them. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thanks so much, Georgette, for sharing your views on how leaders can transform themselves and their organizations so that the right things get done. Thank you. Thank- it was wonderful to see you on the topic. Thank you so much again, Georgette. Uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed, got some nuggets out of it. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Join our LinkedIn group and please uh, download podcasts from Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and, and uh, many other podcast syndication channels. We are there globally, listened to in over 110 countries. So hopefully you will join us and also give us reviews so that more people discover and learn from the podcast. Thanks again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.